This is Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco, 89.5 FM. This is Arab Talk with Justin Jamal, and I'm Jasran Nam. And this is Jamal Dejani. Well, Jamal, we have a lot to talk about today. I'm really, um, you know, this is going to be a very difficult show because what we're going to talk about is the new self-appointed king of Israel, President Donald Trump. And simply in the last 24 to 48 hours, Donald Trump has managed to do something really extraordinary in the history of the American political establishment in the modern era. He's managed as President of the United States to proudly and repeatedly engage in the most racist anti-Semitic rhetoric that we've heard in the modern era, from a president at least. I mean, we hear it all the time, but we're hearing it directly from the bully pulpit and from the president of the United States. Secondly, we've seen the level of delusion. Uh, Trump has self-referred as himself. He retweeted something believing people indicating that he was somehow the king of Israel and the, and the second coming, the best thing that ever happened to Israel. Now, we're going to break that all down, but this is all in the context of Donald Trump saying to Jewish Americans that they are, I, I mean, it's hard to even disloyal. say this. Disloyal. He said disloyal. Well, he said they're disloyal, and he questioned their intelligence right. by saying if they voted for Democrats, which traditionally many Jewish Americans have voted for the Democratic Party. He said that Jewish Americans, if they voted Democratic, were not only disloyal, well, but were intellectually well, kind of less than. So, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take us back a little bit. I'm gonna step step back because there's so many things to handle, just and to digest. It's, it's going to be tough. To before we start actually unfurling all these uh, ludicrous statements and behavior. So just over, I want to say over the past 48 hours or so, okay? And this is the list. I compiled a list. Is it a comprehensive? It's probably it's a, not. It's, it's probably. It's not comprehensive. Since I, we came to the studio, <laughs> he said something different. But just to go, before we start, um, you know, analyzing everything that he said. So I'll go through, through my list. So within the past 48 hours or so, Donald Trump has accused Jews who support Democrats of being disloyal. And that's, we'll discuss okay, that. Okay, we'll, we'll come to that. And this is out of the blues. This is out of, because I was trying to create a timeline. Then he said, he explained that Kashmir is a difficult problem because you have Hindus and you have the Muslims. And I wouldn't say they get along so great. This I'm, I'm quoting Donald Trump. Right, right. This is, so he explained to us the problem in, One sentence in Kashmir. Yeah. Of 70 years. You have years. Hindus and you have the Muslims, and I wouldn't say they got along so great. Okay. Then he canceled a state visit to Denmark because they declined to discuss the sale of Greenland. We'll talk about that. You know, he wants to buy Greenland, and he got... Uh, peeved uh, because the prime minister said that the country is not for sale. I mean, the island is not for sale, and then he canceled a trip. Then he thanked a conspiracy theorist, and then we'll talk about him, who said that the Israeli Jews love him like he is the second coming of God. So he's like gloating. That's why this is kind of pretty much the title of our show, you know, I mean, part of the title of our show that he's the king because he's just like the king of Israel and the second coming of God. And then he looked at the sky and he told reporters, I'm the chosen one, right? I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm the chosen one. This is something like in a, on a conversation right. that, that dealt with China. He right. said, I'm the chosen one. Right. Right. Then, we're not done here, Jess. No, you I, uh, I hope our <laughs> listeners are patient. Then he said that the Prime Minister of Denmark was nasty. He called her. He called an ally because they don't want to sell their island, Greenland. He called her that she was nasty because of his proposal to buy Greenland. And he's not going to let her talk to him that way. He said, "Talk to, because talking to him 
is talking to America. America, and that, that's being disrespectful. And to by America. the way, I, I don't want to even deviate, but when we talk about this, somebody made a compilation about, and this is uh, not a coincidence, how many women Donald Trump called nasty. I think he it's called, about eight. You know, our uh, speaker of uh, Nancy Pelosi of the House, he AOC, called her nasty. AOC. He called AOC. He Rashida called Rashida. Tlaib. He calls them, you know, and it always happens when he addresses this terminology to women. And by the way, Megan, and by the way, Meghan Markle also, he said, was nasty. Then, when he was questioned again about his remark about uh, the Jewish uh, Jews being disloyal in this country, he confirmed it again. He said, "If you vote for a Democrat, you're being disloyal to the Jewish people, and you're being disloyal to Israel." Uh, he joked this morning just before we came to the studio about, well, maybe he should uh, exchange Puerto Rico for Greenland. Oh, my God. Yeah, and this is, this is just this morning. So I don't know, folks, maybe uh, our listeners can uh, tweet us or... If there's more. Or uh, those who are watching us on Facebook Live, if they think of something else that I've missed... Uh, no, they I can remind us of this thing, Jess. Jamal, I but think. But then let's, I, you know, think, we'll talk I, about these different things. I think, I think you covered it all, you know, really, really well. And I think where I'd like to start with, because the claim of American Jews being disloyal if they vote for Democrats, of all the things that he spoke about, because all the other comments, you know, are kind of uh, consistent with his racist, xenophobic kind of hostility towards people who disagree with him and his deep, deep disrespect for women. And, you know, not too surprising. But the comment about American Jewish communities being disloyal if they vote for the Democrats or for the Democratic Party has reached a new level of um, kind of unimaginable comments and narratives coming from the President of the United States. Jamal, it was so bad that this appears to be the one place where um, even the ADL agrees with what we are saying about this, that this comment was on its face anti-Semitic, that the comment of Jews somehow being disloyal is an old anti-Semitic trope yep. that's, that's been going on. And it, I, it's not even hundreds of years, thousands of years. I mean, the claim that somehow... Uh, well, Hitler said it. Let's 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 uh, that Jews were not loyal to the state. That's right. You can look this up. He said. I it. mean, I mean, this is the crazy thing about a statement said by the president of the United States. Exactly. It either shows real disregard for our Jewish brothers and sisters or total ignorance. Well, I think it's actually worse. I think it's ignorance. I think it's total disregard. But it does, in fact, reflect a fundamental, deeply morally flawed personality and person in the president of the United States. You know, people say all the time, well, he's racist, he's xenophobic and all these things. If you haven't believed what you and I have been saying for two years now on the deeply racist, flawed nature of this person, his level, his level of moral uh, turpitude, his level of moral degeneracy in speaking this way has reached a level that is so bad, Jamal, as I said, even the ADL, which, you know, the ADL has said things and we've disagreed with the ADL and they've disagreed with what we've said over the years in terms of, you know, their, what we've believed, their lack of commitment to, you know, combating Islamophobia and anti-Arab racism. But even the ADL, even the president of the ADL, Jamal, came on CNN yesterday, condemned these comments, said that they were fundamentally racist, anti-Semitic tropes, and condemned them in the strongest possible terms. So, just to let our, remind our listeners, Jamal, we said, and I hate to say that I predicted this, in the beginning, I think, pro-Israel forces and segments of the Jewish community were very happy with Donald Trump because of his undying support for an uncritical support for the state of Israel. 
And I remember saying, and we talked about this, be careful for what you wish for because this could backfire. And I think now the Jewish communities in the United States, and I say communities because they are diverse communities, Jamal. You have the settler extremists on one hand, and then you have very obviously very progressive elements of the Jewish community on the, on the left side, on the progressive side. So it's a very diverse community, and that's no news. But now— Well, here is the argument, because we're, we're hearing, actually, their voices being loud raised and loud, loud and clear. clear. Yeah, yeah. And we were hearing, uh, you know, criticism by different organizations, Jewish organizations, saying, basically, Donald Trump doesn't speak for us. And this is, like you said, this is an old, potent, I have to say, trope that goes back this whole disloyalty thing. This is that he flung like, you know, with nine words or whatever at Jews. This is something that the Nazis have used. And so it was very shocking. But I have not been hearing loud voices from the Republican Party. Nothing. They've been quiet. And in fact, some of them have been going out there trying to defend him and make excuses and maybe advising him to backtrack and and this is the argument, and I'll make this argument that they have been making. How could he be anti-Semitic? How could he be, you know, uh, something like this? He didn't mean it because his daughter is Jewish, his son-in-law is Jewish. His grandchildren his are grandchildren Jewish. His grandchildren are, are, are Jewish. He's the best president for Israel. He's the one that, uh, you know, moved the American, the U.S. Embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, and all of these things. So this is their line of defense. But this doesn't mean that he has been anointed, as, as maybe he claims, as the king of Israel, right? <laughs> and he can speak on behalf of the Jewish nation uh, or the Jewish people, right, in, in the United States and, that's and, and everywhere. So that's their argument. So my argument is, can you be an anti-Semite and still have uh, support Israel? Well, here's what I think, Jamal. I think he can say the words that he supports Israel, but at his fundamental core as a person is a morally, severely morally compromised human being because he, he can tell four congresswomen to go back to where they came from. He can say to white nationalists and white supremacists, there's good people on both sides. And he can call Jewish Americans and say to them that you're disloyal if you vote your conscience and vote for the Democratic Party. This is, these are the statements of a morally compromised, morally flawed human being who also happens to be the president of the United States and also, Jamal, also happens to mouth the words in superficial support for the state of Israel. Because I will, I will say this again, as I said before, for those pro-Israel supporters who have hitched their wagon to Donald Trump with the idea, now delusion, that he is so great for the state of Israel. You know, be careful for what you wish for, because you're seeing the true colors of an individual who's a misogynist, who who calls women nasty, and, you know, if they disagree with him. Worse well, than that. Yeah, and, and we'll get to and that. And grab them by the, the, the you-know-what. Yeah, you know what we'll, and, and we'll get to that. Who, who believes that Muslims need to be banned from this country, who believes that he's now going to ban, by executive order, birthright citizenship, which means that if you are born in this country, you, you don't have automatic citizenship, which is enshrined in the Constitution. He wants to get rid of that. This is an individual who, whose level of divisiveness and level of moral you know, disgust in terms of what he believes is out there now. And no one can deny it, even the supporters of Israel. Basically, if you support Donald Trump, you are supporting white supremacy and racism and xenophobia. And and there's no way to get around and it. And he's the one that, who equated white supremacists uh, to people who were demonstrating against them, right, and said they're all good people, you know. So remember, so right. So I, I just want to comment one thing also about because this kind of ties into the statement, you know, where he sees himself and he sees himself as, as the chosen, as the chosen one, and the king of Israel, and uh, whatever God's uh, uh, second coming on earth, 
and he retweeted, which was, this was basically, oh, yeah. he was bragging. He retweeted this from this xenophobe and Islamophobe talk show host named Wayne Allen Root. Right. I right. mean, everyone knows where this guy stands in, you know, all what you have to do is just go listen to his talk show on a daily basis. And he's the one who kind of pretty much uh, uh, tweeted, uh, you know, and Donald Trump uh, answered by saying, thank you to Wayne Allen Root for the n very nice words. And, and this, this is a tweet, by the way, for those people who, if, if you haven't seen it, and then he puts in quote, President Trump is the greatest president for Jews and for Israel in the history of the world, not just America. He's the best president. He's the best president for Israel. Uh, uh, he's the, I'm sorry, he's the best president for Israel in the history of the world and the Jewish people in Israel love him like he is the king of Israel. They love him like he's the second coming of God. And that's kind of got really... He got excited about that. Deep yeah, he in got... the head of Donald Trump <laughs> and his soul that he had to tweet it from this xenophobe right. and this Islamophobe right. and, and, and brag about it. And, and th this is a sad thing. If you know the history of this, uh, this guy who, by the way, he's a Christian evangelist who claims to, be, to have been Jewish before that... that the, is also, uh, you know, I try to see like what's his background that he converted, but he he's, he has a talk show on a, on this uh, network that Donald Trump loves, like Fox News, Newsmax, Newsmax, right, which is pretty much all the conservative talk shows, right, and so on. And then he claims, you know, in one interview, saying, "I happen to be Jewish by birth. I haven't uh, delved more into this, so somehow now he has become." A born again Christian evangelist, and now he he's trying to kind of interpret that uh, to everyone, and which is basically those are the people who believe in these things more than the Jews well, themselves, that, as far that's as. What, but that's what I was going to say, Jamal, because what I believe, I'm I'm going to take off my hat doing the kind of analysis of the morally degenerate. Uh, statements that the president has made. I want to do a quick political analysis. Okay. The political analysis is that Donald Trump has seen the polls and he sees that... He's slipping. He's slipping. Jewish Americans are not voting for him. They, they're, they're, they're leaving him in, in great numbers. His base, Jamal, are, is, is really, are not really Jewish Americans who tend to lean towards more progressive policies, except for Palestine, of course. But they tend to lean more toward progressive politics. His base are the evangelicals. That's right. And as you just said very well, it's the evangelicals who are crazed about Israel. They, they actually, and we've talked about this, in terms of their, their love for Jewish Americans or Jewish people, they don't love them. They see the state of Israel as somehow being the place of the, of the you know, second coming of Christ. And, you know, they'll do anything to support in this crazed way support of Israel. Well, is they want to hasten the rapture. They, they want to That's see, basically it. They want to usher us to the end of the world. As soon as possible. And they believe that you have to have uh, the state of Israel in place. And then when you ask them, well, okay, well, what happens to the Jews who live in the state of Israel? Uh, we know their answer, what happens to the Muslims? They go to hell. Everybody goes to hell. Whatever. Right. And they say, well, if they don't convert, convert they go to hell. They go to hell. Right. So they want to basically send everyone to hell so they can save themselves right. and see the end of the world. So, so, so they're looking at Israel as a means to an end. That's right. So what Donald Trump is doing, Jamal, in his in his crazy kind of way is appealing to this base now these extremists and and really what they are jamal let's let's call these people what they are they're white nationalists white supremacists extreme evangelicals who have these ideas of a primarily white nation that they want to live in and they, their support for Israel, as you said, is to hasten the rapture and the second coming. 
If he can't mobilize those individuals, he can't win. So this statement about if you if you vote for Democrats, you're voting against Israel is not for the Jewish community. Well, I, I it's just, for the, it's I, I, for the evangelicals. I mean, I agree with half of your statement. He knows his base. Everything he does is for his base. However, I think he still is hopeful and he's very frustrated. And I tell you why he's very frustrated. Because he sees whatever he has done for Israel. I mean, after all, his best buddy is Bibi Netanyahu. And he has given him everything on a plate, basically. And it, his numbers haven't, haven't, cha haven't changed. No, they've gotten worse. The uh, Jewish worse. Americans, if you look at the last uh, elections, they voted something like 78% to 80%. Democrat, right? And if you look at this, the numbers haven't shifted, you know, and so he hasn't been able to shift these numbers. So he has been also, aside from this, aside from his uh, base, the evan evangelicals, etc., he is basically thinking. And why? Because he's very frustrated. If I do this, if I say these outrageous things, if I attack, attack Ilhan Omar, and if I attack Rashida Tlaib because of their criticism uh, of Israel, then the Jewish vote, the Jewish voters will come in drove to vote for me. But the problem with that... And they haven't. Right. But the problem with that argument is that the number of votes... I mean, the population of Jewish Americans is about, it's less than 2% in the United States right now. So in terms of sheer numbers, it's not a lot of numbers. Yeah, but he's looking at it's not a lot and uh, I, contribution. Yeah, I mean, and, I see your and, point. And, 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 you know, I think he's getting very frustrated because, because he feels that, you know, I, after all, now they are uh, not they, meaning people like that uh, host anointed him the king of Israel and they kind of filled his head that he's the best thing that happened to Israel and all these things. And then he's not seeing these numbers shift. Well, actually, and then he just he, shoots himself in the foot every time well, he I, opens his mouth. Well, I think he's shooting himself in a different uh, place than his foot, Jamal. But the it's it's not even that there hasn't been a, a much of a shift with the Jewish American vote. There, there's been a general decline negatively to, against Trump. And the biggest area where he's seen people in these polls who are, who are not supporting him anymore are suburban women. Suburban women in droves in large percentages. I think the last poll I saw, Jamal, above 70 percent are saying they, they, they're not going to vote for Trump. They're not going to vote for Republicans. These were women who were also turned off by Hillary Clinton who voted in substantial numbers for Donald Trump in 2016. And now they're saying we're not going to vote for him. So Trump has a woman problem. He has a person of color problem, a Latino problem, a Muslim problem, an Arab problem. He's got so many problems with the electorate that's why these comments, so incendiary, so hateful, so spiteful, are intended to mobilize that white supremacy base of his, that evangelical base. Maybe, maybe a few more of the Jewish community, the, the kind of, uh, you know, the, the settler colonial group, you know, the, the, really, the, the really extremists. The Who are compared to white supremacists yeah. really in this country. But, you know, what? I want to make a statement. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a little disturbed by people in the Jewish community, Jamal, who haven't. I mean, the ADL president condemned him, which was great. But back to something you said before, a lot of people in the Republican Party, in the, Jew, in the, uh, in the American, in the Republican Jewish caucus, they haven't criticize Trump for this. So how in your head are you going to support a white supremacist racist and in your head think that that's good for Israel and conflating those two things? It's not a good picture. Well, because the game has backfired on him. He has been trying since day one to pit, to pit Muslims against Jews, whites against blacks, Etc. And this is basically part of that whole game plan because he feels this is part of fracturing the Democratic Party because he feels, OK, I got my evangelicals. Uh, 
They are in my little pocket. They're guaranteed. Doesn't matter. Whatever Donald Trump does, if he basically, you know, we say... Shoot somebody. Shoot, <laughs> he said that. If I shoot somebody in the middle of Fifth Avenue, actually, I'm not kidding, right? Uh, yeah, he yeah. said if I shoot somebody in the middle, nobody, you know, I can get away with it. So he can get away literally with murder with them because they love it. This is their dream come true to have someone like him in the White House. So he's not going to lose any of them. He just have to keep, has to keep feeding them more of this because this gets them excited. It gets them mobilized to go out there and vote for him. And then he's getting very frustrated because the other thing, and I go back to the topic because he feels, haven't, you know what he says, and he hasn't said it, in, he hasn't said, he, others have said it for him in different ways. Haven't I done enough things for you? Meaning the Jewish people. Haven't I done, haven't I done enough things for you? You I'm owe the me. one, you owe me. I'm, I'm the best supporter of Israel. I moved the U.S. Embassy into Jerusalem. And yet, you are still voting. You're still running after those Democrats, you're still voting for or you want to vote for Bernie Sanders and others, you know, right. how dare you do that? And then he uses he uses Ilhan Omar and Rashida Tlaib, the first Muslim American woman of color elected to Congress as the fuel, you know, for well, for statements. Well, they like just anyone else, they have the right to question where our taxpayers' money going to? The question, why are we giving $3.5 billion plus to Israel when Israel, and actually this is something that just uh, Ilhan Omar said just a day ago, that doesn't meet the democratic requirements, the litmus test, because foreign aid has an attachment no, to it. No, it's strings attached. You can't strings violate attached. you can't violate human rights. Yeah, and 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 then of course they were prevented from going there because, you know, they they weren't part of the propaganda or Hasbara tour that they wanted them to be part of. They wanted to have their own uh, trip. And then again, he screws up big time, calls his buddy Bibi Netanyahu don't let them in the country. I mean, imagine, again, we talked about this last week. I can't believe that we keep talking about it every single week. We keep talking about Donald Trump. And I'm going to have to go back to our list to remind our listeners, ladies and gentlemen, first of all, this is Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco, 89.5 FM. And I want to go back because for those who have been joining us and who have seen joining us late on in the program, we are talking about just the past 48 hours or so. Donald Trump has managed to accuse the Jews who support Democrats of being disloyal. He canceled a state visit to Denmark because they declined to discuss the sale of Greenland. He explained to the rest of the world about Kashmir. He said, you have Hindus and you have the Muslims. And I wouldn't say they get along so great. This is coming from the mouth of the president of the United States. He thanked a nutcase conspiracy theorist Islamophobe host because he said that Israeli Jews love him like he is the second coming of God. This is what Donald Trump said. He told reporters looking at the sky, I am the chosen one when he was talking about when he was asked about China. He said that the prime minister of Denmark was nasty, a word he uses time and time again to describe his opponents. He uses it with women, but with women, Nancy Pelosi, women mostly with AOC. All of these women, Rashida Tlaib, they are all nasty. This is what he... And then when he asked again, he confirmed this whole disloyalty trope that the Jews have suffered from for, for, for centuries. You know, the disloyalty of the state, he said, if you vote for a Democrat, you're being disloyal to the Jewish people and, and you're being disloyal to Israel. So this dual loyalty thing that he accused or some members accused um, Ilhan Omar of making when she said uh, her Benjamin ill-advised uh, use of language. Which she apologized which for. Which she apologized for, and everyone jumped on her case. Jess, he used the same thing. No, his was worse. worse. So do you know what tipped Donald Trump into this moral black hole in the last 48 hours? I... Let's see if you can. I think I know what it is. Let's see if you th know what it is. 
I can't think of anything. <laughs> I mean, has he left anything? Oh, he also, I forgot to mention, he, he joked about Greenland this no, no. morning saying, uh, you know, we could exchange it for Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico, no. But I think I know what tipped him over the edge 48 hours ago. Okay, what is it? 48 hours ago, which was big on the news cycle, Rochelle Taleb made a humanitarian request to go see her grandmother in Palestine. And the Israelis came back in their typical fashion. And what they did, they said, yes, you can come. But if you come, you cannot engage in political discourse. You can't be critical of the state of Israel. And you, you know, basically you can't use the forum for this trip to speak about any political things whatsoever. And you know what Rashida Taleb said? She basically said, you know, go F yourself. I'm not going to come as a free American citizen, as a congresswoman to the U.S. Congress. I'm not going to go anywhere in the world and forego my right to speak my mind any way, shape, or form I want. That sent Trump into a tailspin, Jamal. And it was that moment when Rashida Tlaib denied and told the Israeli government, you know, I'm not coming. You're not going to muzzle me. I'm free to speak whatever I want. Donald Trump went into a frenzy. He tweeted, I don't know how many times after that, calling uh, Congresswoman Tlaib nasty, saying that this was a... Mocking her for having tears. Yeah, crying. all of that. And the worst that. thing he said, Jamal, you know this. He said the best thing about this is that her grandmother won't have to see her. So unbelievably disrespectful to this 90-year-old Palestinian woman. When they interviewed her, by the way, talked about how proud she was of her granddaughter for not coming, for standing up for what she believed in and being, you know, the strong congresswoman, you know, for her district. I believe, Jamal, that when Donald Trump psychologically sees very strong women, whether it's Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, uh, AOC, Ayanna Presley, uh, Elizabeth Warren, the Prime Minister of Denmark, whoever it is, Jamal, he freaks out. He cannot tolerate it. And that word nasty doesn't get used with men that often. No, it doesn't. It's 95% of the time that phrase nasty is associated with women and, who are strong and that's this is the key i think donald trump is scared well, of, well there's another word we might use but we can't say it over the air but that's what yeah he is he's he's, I mean, he's nervous I mean, he's he's very nervous he thinks you know and this is part of of course if we don't want to go back there and 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 uh, the, his issues with women that uh, what and what he said uh in the Hollywood tape and, and, and so on. Yeah. But these are the type of scenarios he, he, he thinks like, you know, he's going to a beauty pageant and women are there to please men and, and, and basically, you know, come for his autograph and, and pose for a picture and a selfie with him. And then when he meets intelligent and smart women, he just freaks out. No, he doesn't and, know what to do. He doesn't know what to do. He doesn't know what to say except calling them nasty. And then uh, actually, let's talk about this other big, uh, big news story. Which that, one? Which is about buying, you know, I mean, because this also, aside from Donald Trump, this whole concept that in the 21st century, Donald Trump doesn't behave like a president. He thinks that he's still in the real estate business. He thinks he's a and, broker. And he is. And that's this is actually he and Jared Kushner because the whole idea of about giving uh, Jerusalem to Israel, like we're going to, you know, we're going to give also, we're going to also allow now no more, you know, we're going to allow the settlers just to take the land from the Palestinians. It brings back this, the whole concept, this whole colonial mentality that the United States is an empire, I'm the emperor or the king, or, and, and here he's, of course, the king of the, uh, you know, the Jews. That's what he wants, he likes to say. And I can do whatever I want to do. And, and it's the same attitude, the same attitude where he looks at, kind of, this is, this is from the lens of Donald Trump, the way he sees the entire world, Jess. It's like, I'm the decision ma maker, and 
I can do anything I want. Of course, you know, the Palestinians have been under occupation. They haven't been able to basically breathe their freedom. I'll give away their rights. I'll give away their ancestral homeland. I can do that with a stroke of a pen. Exactly. And now, you know, he comes back into his own kind of uh, real estate developer. And I'm like, oh, I can, you know, I have money. We can buy Greenland. And then how dare they say it's not for sale? Because everything in his mind is for sale. Well, Jamal, that's exactly and, right. And, and, but and this is, but yeah, but this is, you see, it's, it's, it goes beyond that. And this is how actually it's very embarrassing to explain this. You know, I, I thank God this didn't happen when I was in Europe. Thank God, because I, I was trying to explain this his behavior when I was. But this is a good explanation. But, but this is a good explanation. But, but this whole idea here that this arrogance is that oh we can do it, you know, and you don't want to meet with me, or he said no, I'm not going to visit your country, and then this morning. He jokes about Puerto Rico, and the Puerto Ricans are not basically, you know, laughing at his joke. They're actually laughing at him. So I wanted to share with our uh, listeners and viewers a few things. If you go, actually, they're creating these hashtags, some of them calling themselves the Caribbean Vikings. <laughs> you know, this is about the, Donald Trump, and uh, and they're making, basically, mocking, mocking the, his statement because, you know, after all... There is no love lost between uh, the residents of Puerto Rico and Donald Trump. We know, you know, when again, when he went there after their hurricane, throwing toilet paper at them and, and stuff like this. And to make such a joke when the country is still suffering and right. struggling, uh, you know, post the hurricane, it wasn't funny. No, it's not funny at all, Jamal. And... Um you know, this whole thing with buying Greenland and this whole issue of everything's transactional for Donald Trump. Let's remind our listeners, Jamal, that hi that Jared Kushner's peace plan was, and Donald Trump's grand peace plan, was all about paying off the Palestinians. His idea of peace is if we give Palestinians money, somehow they will accept being occupied. Of course they will take a few thousand dollars and accept that their land has been stolen, that their rights have been taken away, that their homes get destroyed. Of course, because all people really want is money. So this transactional analysis, it's true for Greenland, it's true for Palestine. It is the whole basis of his transactional mind, Jamal, in terms of how he thinks. He wants to make nice-nice with Kim Jong-un in North Korea, not because it's a good idea, but he sees a development opportunity future in business. future business. So here is a, a conspiracy theory that I'll float out there. Okay. Just, just for entertainment, because we have to laugh a little bit. Okay. Be careful what uh, you, you know, say. And I have to be careful what I say, but I think we, you and I are permitted to make that joke. Do you think Donald Trump had in mind to buy Greenland so he can get rid of the Palestinians and ship them out with That's maybe so Netanyahu funny. That's to so Greenland. Funny. Well, maybe Greenland would be the new Palestine, Jamal. I don't know. That's I mean, if, if everything is about transaction, I mean, Greenland is sparsely populated. So it's the largest island in the world, of course, outside Australia and Antarctica. I mean, those are pretty much continents. And then, you know, what if? Because... You know, I'm trying to kind of get into the head of Donald Trump. Well, what if there is a real estate deal for him doing some some crazy stuff like this? Well, what about settlements? Maybe expanding the settlements? Well, this is, uh, again, don't take me seriously. This is just a joke. But I have another theory, Jamal, about uh, the Greenland. I mean, and I think that because we've given the the fact that the president of the United States has no moral compass that he's transactional, but there's a third analysis, Jamal, and that third analysis is that his poll numbers keep diving, the economy is getting more fragile as time goes on, the Democrats in the House are still investigating, you know, the consequences of the Mueller report. He's having bad news every day. The third analysis of the Trump behavior is the fact that he, he controls 
the 24-hour news cycle. He is throwing up these distractions. Because if people are talking about how crazy he is, and if people are talking about these wild ideas with Greenland, and if people are talking about all these other things about disloyalty and anti-Semitism, what they're really not talking about, Jamal, is the fact that the Russian government interfered in the 2016 election, that many of the people closest to Donald Trump, including his campaign advisor, Paul Manafort, are sitting in jail for colluding with the Russian government and committing all these other illegal acts. His, his personal attorney is sitting in jail right now, Jamal. So I do believe that the element of this, on the one side, we have a morally compromised human being. You have someone who's so unbearably narcissistic that he wants to buy other countries. But we're talking about this stuff, Jamal, instead of talking about the real problems that are, go that are going on right now, which is let's look at what's happening in Kashmir. We're not really talking about that. Let's look about what's happening in Russia. Let's look at what's happening in Hong Kong. We're not talking about Palestine and what's happening with the Middle Eastern peace process. So this grand distraction is uh, really designed to take people's minds away from some terrible things that are happening in the world well, right now. Well, at the end of the day, it's going to be about the economy when it comes to the elections, and this is something also... Um, very worrisome and in fact uh, I mean some economists are warning about a recession if not in the first quarter of 2020 it will be a recession in the second quarter and if this happens I don't care about all these topics and Donald Trump and his handlers they know this if the economy tanks he's gonna lose but going back to polls and this is why he's frustrated and he's trying to create these distractions and I know like sometimes you and I even we have our doubts when it comes to to polls but in every single poll he's behind everything and, everybody and, beats and, him and, and everyone beats yeah but now uh, the polls are now zeroing in on two candidates well three and, but three uh, yeah but mostly two mostly Biden and and, and Sanders no, no Elizabeth Sanders. no Elizabeth Warren I think is in there well she is but she's in a statistical ones, heat with Bernie Sanders. The ones who now I was just read a poll this morning on Politico, uh, just saying that, uh, for example, Biden has seven points over the president in a hypothetical general election ma uh, matchup, forty-two percent to thirty-five percent, and then the second person after that is Bernie Sanders who leads Trump by five points, and then every other Democrat is either tied with the incumbent okay. or trails him. Okay. So, so they are in the lead. So you have those two lead candidates okay. who can handily beat Donald Trump in a hypothetical election today. You know, with, with, uh, so, so he's been trying these different things and to distract people. You know, you, got, you said it right. You have, we have... All these investigations, they're not going to go away. No. You know, you have the issue, and I think the big issue is going to be the economy. And then he's trying to split the Democrats. He failed in splitting the Democrats. So he tried in different ways to split the Democrats earlier. And now he's using the Jewish trope, basically. He ran out of other things. He tried it with Ilhan Omar. He tried it with Rashida Tlaib because they're easy. For him, he thought they were very easy. They're not easy. They're actually fighters. But he thought but they he would be easy. They're women. They're brown. They're, they're Muslim. They're Muslim. You know, he can get, he can rile up all his base against them. It didn't work. So now he upped the ante and started throwing this Jewish thing like, you know, he's throwing basically... Israel in the middle of our elections. So well, even any which way you look at it, Jess, any which way you look at it, it just he's making the number one issue, not the economy that Americans look always scrutinize when it comes to the election, not our entanglement foreign in foreign policy. He's making one issue. If you're disloyal to Israel, you're disloyal to the United States, you're disloyal to the Jewish people. He's putting that front and center of the discussion. And guess what? I have breaking news for Jewish Americans. You better be careful with this president. 
this is going to backfire in such a painful, awful way that um, I'm very worried, Jamal. I mean, the one thing that we haven't talked about on the list of all the things that are going on, which I find really morally reprehensible myself, is the whole issue of, you know, the ongoing massacres with... Uh, with automatic weapons and uh, well, I mean, he's avoiding. Of course, this is again. no, no. But it's worse because one or two days after these mass murders, he says, "Yes, we need background checks." And he and of course, as he's done after every mass murder, Jamal. He calls he calls uh, the NRA Le Pierre is his name Wayne his, Wa his buddy Wayne yeah, and he called him and then he says, "Well." Yeah, we can have... Well, to tell, but to tell you how bad it is, Jamal, 90% of Americans believe in background checks from this perspective. No, he doesn't. Now no, but listen. They're no, actually no, no, walking me, back this idea. I know, idea. but I'm, tr I'm trying to tell you how degenerate it is. 90% of the electorate, Democrats, Republicans, Independents, Libertarians, 90% of Americans believe that if you buy a weapon, if you buy a gun in the United States... You should have a background check. They're not saying you can't have a gun. They're just saying if you want to get a gun, like if you want to get a buy a car or if you want to be licensed to do anything, you just need a background check and you need to get a license. Now he's walking that back. In fact, yesterday, Jamal, Donald Trump said, well, background checks are strong enough already. We have strong background checks. And my, he said, I talked to Wayne. And we don't want to go down the slippery slope. Every day, Jamal. It's a slippery slope. People dying every, but, but, every week or so. In but a Jamal, 100, peop 100 Americans die every day from gun violence. 100 Americans die every day from gun violence. And here, that's why I say of all the morally degenerate, awful things that are going on right now in, in the White House, and there's a long list of them, Jamal, in my mind, when you have 90% of the electorate, Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, white, black, everybody says, yes, we need background checks. There should be no loopholes. If you want to get a gun, you need to have a background check. And he said we have to have very meaningful background checks. Right. That's when he said initially, and now... He's backtracking. What is he say, What he has been saying, just He says, I don't want there to be a slippery slope. Yeah, he's... he's uh, Slippery slope. Basically, this mimics the NRA. This and, is and Mitch McConnell. Th yeah, this is this is the exact word. Which, by the way, the NRA spent thirty million dollars to elect him. Well, I mean, if people don't know the number, but, but it's even worse, know, Jamal, because we they, know they spent thirty million dollars. No, basically. but listen, it's worse than that because we know that a large sum of money was wired from Russia into the NRA bank accounts. That is still being investigated right now. That's going to be one of the biggest stories that's going to break, which is when the NRA received all this money from, from Russia into their bank accounts, what happened to that money? And because the NRA is a private organization, they don't have to disclose it. But it is being investigated. So in my mind, still, Jamal, I know that we keep talking about this, but we're going to have to talk about this because... The situation in Palestine is getting worse. The situation in Hong Kong is getting worse. We're on the verge of a global recession, which, if it does happen, is going to hurt Americans. We have tariffs, Jamal. We, we didn't even also talk about the environment. No, and So this is exactly. something that he basically reversing all these laws, these protectionist uh, laws to protect the environment. Exactly. He's basically now reversing these. But going back... To the background checks and the NRA, yes. uh, just I mean, we had more than we had 250 mass shootings already in, this year. Already this year, and it takes one phone call from the NRA president Wayne Lapierre. One phone call after after Donald Trump said, "Yeah, yeah, we should look into this," and all of a sudden, Donald Trump is informing informing us, the taxpayers that he's no longer interested in pursuing legislation that would mandate universal, universal background checks for all gun sales. And so we're going to just sit here. And be targeted. And then be targeted. And then, you know, sadly, you could almost predict, you know, you could see 
just just also as we're talking, the FBI arrested three different people in 24 with caches of weapons just right. in, in the in this past week. Probably they were going to commit a mass murder, you know, in this country. So we're going to sit and wait until 30, 40, and God forbid this happens, but I, I'm not that hopeful. I'm not hopeful. Until everyone gets excited again, and then for uh, for them to even bring this topic into the Senate floor, it hasn't been brought to the Senate floor. And it won't. And so this I, is I have a the reality I have about a gun control in the United States under Donald Trump. And I have a prediction, Jamal. Mitch McConnell, Moscow Mitch, Machine Gun Mitch, will massacre Mitch, whatever M-word you want to use to describe Mitch McConnell. Will, it will this bill that has passed the House of Representatives on background checks will never see the light of day in the Senate, Jamal, because Mitch McConnell will never let it happen. Okay, we are coming to yet another... So what's on our agenda next, next week, Jess? Well, I want to come back to Palestine. I want to come back to Kashmir. And unfortunately, even though we, we always say we're going to come back and talk about some something of these... Something will happen. Something will happen. Because so this conversation, I mean, I mean it, we, ha- we can talk another hour about this... Uh, I don't want to, I mean, being nice, I don't want to use, don't uh, use the wrong, it. The wrong <laughs> words, but I would say softly the lunacy that really we've been watching and I'll, listening to. and I would and, say moral degeneracy. And, and, and the rest of the world coming out of uh, Washington, D.C. And uh, hopefully next week we can go back to real issues on the table. But what I'm saying to my friends in everywhere it just especially our brothers and sisters and i'm very proud of our brothers and sisters in the jewish community and jewish voice for peace and others uh, different organization who automatically read the leaves in those statements that donald trump was trying to do and and trying to you know uh, plant a wedge between uh, jews and Muslims and whatever that didn't buy into his nonsense. That's right. And and this is actually this is great. And then I think uh, when uh, people, the reason about people stay united, I think we can make a change because another four years of Donald Trump is going to be a disaster and a disaster for this, for this country and globally and globally and globally. So. You've been listening to Arab Talk on KPOO San Francisco 89.5 FM. Um, thank you for also listening to us and watching us on Facebook Live. Go to our website. Go to our website, arabtalkradio.com, for all of our archived uh, videos and audios. And we'll talk to you next week. We'll see you next week.